Amen. Well, this is something new. Um, chatting and uh, preaching online and in front of a camera, totally different than what I'm used to. And uh, I want to thank Pastor Sean for leading the way last week. He did an awesome uh, job, Pastor Sean. And uh, and uh, I know just kind of chatting with you a little bit how uh, different that seemed and was. And uh, I know exactly what you're talking about now. So, um, but it does it doesn't change God's word and uh, doesn't change um, the message and the power that's available, whether we're in person or we're watching online. So I want to springboard off a couple thoughts Pastor Sean gave. And uh, the first passage of Scripture I just want to look at is Hebrews chapter 11. Because sometimes situations happen like this, and, and we look at just what's happening around us. Um, and we can lose sight of maybe a spiritual significance that uh, God wants to um, us to tune into. And Hebrews uh, chapter 11 starts with, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, for by faith, the elders obtained a good testimony. Verse 3 starts, By faith we understand. I want to encourage you. Through in these times where maybe in the natural sense things don't make sense and things, I mean, there's, there's so many tragic things that happen. Let's open our eyes of faith. One of, one of the, the things we've been um, really preaching and uh, emphasizing is on earth as it is in heaven. When Jesus taught the disciples to pray, that was one of the statements. He said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How do we access that realm? It's by faith. By faith we access what's in heaven and we bring it to earth. Uh, one of the messages we, uh, we uh, heard over the, the, the past few months was how God in Genesis 28 said, the house of God is the gateway of heaven. Individually, we are the house, the temple of God, and corporately, as a body, we are the temple, the house of God, and we are the gateway between heaven and earth. And how do we operate in that realm? It's by faith. And it's by faith that we understand the times and the situations that we're in. So I want to encourage you to tune in through faith. Um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, um, Paul is talking about in verse verse seven. If you want, if you have the opportunity to turn there, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. How do we tap into that hidden mystery? It's through faith. Pastor Nelson used the passage just after this, uh, talking about how the, it's the Spirit, the Holy Spirit reveals things to us. And it's through faith that we access that hidden realm, that mysterious realm. And listen to the next verse in chapter 2 there. It says, which none of the rulers of this age knew. See, the natural realm doesn't tune in to the things of faith, to the spiritual realm, but we tune in and listen to this, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. That's amazing. If they had understood God's word and what God had been speaking 
through the Old Testament and through the ancient days, if they would have tuned in by faith, they would have understood what was going on. They would have seen the Messiah, Jesus Christ, for who he was. But, but because they operated in the natural, they totally missed it. And they crucified it. Sometimes in our own lives, things are happening in the natural realm and we completely miss the spiritual significance of what's going on. And I want to encourage you. Last week, Pastor Sean used, um, quoted the passage from Ephesians chapter 6. It's amazing because I had been studying it and then Pastor Sean used it. Is finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Two verses later, he says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Our wrestling, our, the battles we face, the struggles we go through are not always flesh and blood, but there's a spiritual significance quite often that's happening. And through eyes of faith, we understand. And I want to encourage you. The passage this morning that I really want to dig into is, is 2 Kings chapter 18. It's the story of Hezekiah. And... About a month ago, um, I came across this passage, and um, I've just been reading it through almost daily, the, the chapter 18 and chapter 19, and it's, it's amazing how all of a sudden just verses explode, and, and a whole outline comes into being, and you, you, you just get blown over by some of the spiritual significance that maybe a story you've read 20 times, 30 times before, all of a sudden something comes alive. That's, a, that's an amazing thing about God's Word. Um, and I want to encourage all of you, even in these times, to, to dig into God's Word because when, we, when we're obedient and we dig into God's Word and we pursue God through His Word, He just makes things come alive. And, and that's what happened here in Second cha Kings chapter 18, the story of Hezekiah. And I want to spend about two minutes just running through an outline of the chapter and then dig into a few key points. Um, in verse, the first four verses, we see Hezekiah coming to the throne, taking over from his father. And his father was not godly. He had actually turned the, the hearts of the people and they were going in, in a real negative direction. And King Hezekiah comes to the throne and he starts making all these reforms. He starts a reformation in the, the kingdom of Judah at that point in time. It says he did right that which he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. He removed high places and he broke down the sacred pillars where they were offering to foreign gods and offering incense. He even broke the, into pieces the bronze serpent. Can you imagine that hundreds of years later the bronze serpent that Moses had had made in the wilderness they were, they were offering incense to this, this brass serpent, the bronze serpent. And so he broke it, and he started this reformation and turning the hearts of the people back to the Lord. The next four verses, verses 5 through 8, we get a little insight into his own personal character. Verse 5 starts with, he trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel. Verse 5, he clung to the Lord. He did not depart from following after the Lord, and he kept the commandment of the Lord. We see an insight into the man that Hezekiah was, this personal pursuit. In verse 
In verse 7, it says, he rebelled against the king of Assyria. I really want to key off of that point. He rebelled against the status quo that his father had brought the nation into. He rebelled against the king of, of Assyria. When I, when I read that, and then I saw what was going on the rest of the chapter, here's some of the, the thoughts that I wrote down even while I was reading. It's, I wrote down, the enemy is irritated when we revolt against him. It says that in, in Colossians, Paul tells us that the thanks to the Father who translated us from the, the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, the kingdom of light. But Satan does not want to lose his influence in your life. The kingdom of darkness does not want to let go of that influence. He still wants to drag you back, drag you into his, his control, his influence. And here we see the kingdom of Judah was under the influence, under the dominion of the king of Assyria. But we see Hezekiah revolting. And what happens is the king of Assyria comes to impose his dominion. I want to read a few of the statements. The enemy wants to impose his dominion over your life, his kingdom over your life. When Jesus came, it's, it's amazing just the parallels in language and, and thought. When Jesus came in, in Luke, he, he gave his disciples power, authority over the kingdom of darkness. That includes now you and me. We have power over the kingdom of darkness. And, so, and we see in this passage how the king of Assyria wants to come and impose himself on Hezekiah because Hezekiah revolted. And when we, when we make a determination in our heart that we want to be fruitful, we want to advance, we want to pursue God, the kingdom of darkness does not appreciate that. It irritates them. Um, I don't know about you, but I don't know if you've ever received a prophetic word over your life or um, maybe God has given you a dream at night one night and you share it with a friend and there's a spiritual significance to it or maybe you respond to an altar call and you've made a determination to change your life in some way or, or you decide to kick some of your negative habits. Oh man, I got a, an, an issue with anger or I, I procrastinate. I, I, I'm, I'm a procrastinator. I, I like to cram and study and I seem to always do well at it. So it just kind of filtered through into all kinds of areas of my life. But I, as soon as I make a determination, I'm not going to procrastinate. And I determine I'm going to make a routine and I'm going to follow some principles, devotional life, the, uh, my Bible reading, my prayer life, worship. I make this determination. It seems like all hell breaks loose. And, and whether it's... It, in some area of your life, you've decided to, to advance and pursue God. It seems like all hell breaks loose and all kinds of crazy things start going on. What's actually happening is all hell is breaking loose to try to stop you from pursuing God's destiny for your life. And we see it in this story of Hezekiah. As soon as he makes reforms and he revolts, the army of Assyria comes to impose its dominion on them. I wrote this statement down. As soon as we decide to leave the status quo, see the enemy likes it when we just kind of drift, we fall asleep, uh, we're apathetic in our Christian life. It's exactly where he wants us to be. 
We're not pursuing anything. We're not fulfilling anything. We're not committed to anything. But as soon as we decide to leave the status quo, such as moving forward in our devotional life, in our prayer life, uh, as we press into God to know Him more, to seek His direction, or we pursue the destiny, so many of us know and or, or have this, this urging in our spirit. We know what God wants us to do, pursue. But And as soon as we pursue that destiny, the enemy wants to come in like a flood to quash any momentum that we want to move forward into. And I love that passage of scripture. It's Isaiah 59, 19. When the enemy comes in, then like a flood, the spirit of the Lord raises up a standard. I want to encourage you, tune into your faith life. Tune into the spiritual realm. Tune into heaven. Be that gateway. When you do, you literally activate and you walk in the Holy Spirit and the spirit raises a standard and literally causes the enemy to flee. The enemy doesn't like it when we decide we don't like the status quo. The enemy doesn't like it when we decide to be fruitful. Be fruitful were the first two words that God spoke to mankind. That's a destiny for every one of our lives is to be fruitful. And when we step in that direction, in the direction of the original blessing, be fruitful. The enemy doesn't like it. And he wants to come in and discourage, distract. I actually don't have time to read the whole passage, but I, I want to encourage you. Dig into 2 Kings 18. Look at all the tactics that, that King Sennacherib used against the kingdom of Judah. He intimidated them. He demanded things of them. He tried to demoralize them, discourage them, confuse them. He tried to make them compromise. He mocked them. That's all in, it's all right there in 2 Kings chapter 18. I encourage you to dig in and read it. Literally, it got to the point in chapter 19. This is the message that Hezekiah sent to, to Isaiah the prophet. It's 2 Kings 19, verse 3. Thus says Hezekiah, This day is a day of distress, rebuke, and rejection. For children have come to birth, and there is no strength to deliver. There are dreams, there are passions, there are desires, godly desires that God has placed in every one of us. And when we determine in our heart to pursue that and to bring them to birth, we nurture it. We feed it. We dig into God's word. We study. We prepare. And we're about to launch out into the destiny and give birth to the dream that God has placed in us. The enemy does not want, to do, want us to, to give birth to that. And so he comes to discourage, to demoralize, to wear us out to the point where we have no strength to, to bring forth and give birth to what God has placed in us. And he wants to come and demoralize us. But the Spirit of the Lord is available to each and every one of us. And by faith we can tap into heaven. We tap into heaven's resources, heaven's realm, and we see spiritually 
what God wants to do, what God has available. And like a flood, the Holy Spirit can breathe upon us and bring to life and give us strength. I, as I was studying it, I was reminded of the scripture. It says, and it says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. The idea of waiting is not sitting around hoping something will happen. The idea, the concept of waiting, the Hebrew word is to, to tie together. It's like a strand. And the more strands, the tighter you are to the, to the Lord. One of the amazing verses that talks about for Hezekiah is he clung to the Lord. I think it's verse 6. He clung to the Lord. He tightened his, his grip on what God had said. He tightened his grip in his relationship. And that tightening literally allowed him to renew his strength. I want to encourage you. Wait upon the Lord. That means actively pursuing God. It does not mean sitting around lazily waiting for something to happen. It literally means to, to tighten your grip. To, to make your connection stronger. Make your connection stronger. And when you do that, you tap into the faith realm. You understand what's going on. And literally, you renew your strength. You will rise up like on wings of eagles. Amen. I want to encourage you. Tap in. So we see in, in 2 Kings 19, the, 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 the space where Hezekiah is in. That they're ready to give birth but there's no strength. I want to give three keys, real quickly, three keys to that I just noticed in, in Hezekiah's life is that, first of all, he held steady. When what we The character we see in verse 5, 6, 7, and 8, that Hezekiah, he trusted. What is your trust level this morning? What is your trust level? What is your connection level? It says he clung to the Lord. And, and what we see... He, his character in chapter 18, it doesn't change going into chapter 19. He holds steady. So often we, we can think that something's wrong in our life when everything seems to be going wrong. We, we can panic. We, turn to, we, we revert to fear, and, and fear paralyzes us. I want to encourage you, hold steady. We can think that maybe we heard God wrong. I've been there in my own life. Things aren't going the way I thought they should have gone when I first made this change of direction or decision in my life. And I can think, oh, I must have heard God wrong. There's something wrong. No, the kingdom of darkness does not want you to pursue that direction in your life. And I want to encourage you, hold steady. It's exactly what Hezekiah did. Second, he went and sought godly counsel. In verse 2 of chapter 19, it says that he sent Eliakim and Shebna. He sent them over to Isaiah. He sought godly counsel. And third, in verse 14, chapter 19, verse 14, it says Hezekiah took the letter from the enemy what the enemy had spoken against Hezekiah. Hezekiah took that note and he read it and he went up to the house of the Lord and he spread it out before the Lord. He took what the enemy had said. He took the intimidation. He took the discouragement that, that the enemy wanted to place on him. He took it, he spread it out before the Lord. He went before the throne of grace. 
And that's what we all have the opportunity to do in our lives. The Lord Jesus, we went to, to the cross and the heavens were opened. The veil was torn. Jesus Christ opened the heavens and gave each of us the opportunity to go before the throne of grace. The throne, I like to call it the throne of empowerment. The throne of empowerment. If you feel like you're losing your strength, you're growing weary. It's one of the tactics of the enemy is to make us grow weary, to overwhelm us. I want to encourage you. Go before the throne of empowerment. You'll get help. You'll get strength. You'll be encouraged. Holy Spirit is so available and so, so desirous to come and breathe into you his life. I want to encourage you, go before the throne of grace. The times we're in right now may be challenging. We might face isolation. I want to encourage you, take this opportunity to get connected to the Heavenly Father to such a degree that we may not have known in the past. We can get connected with people. We come to the house of the Lord and have awesome worship. We connect with people. And sometimes our connection with the Heavenly Father, with our Lord Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, can fall through the cracks because we have so many other connections. Take this time to connect to God Himself. Connect to God Himself. When you do that, you unleash. You unleash the hosts of heaven. That's what happened with Hezekiah. After he finished his prayer, Isaiah comes and prophesies. And then at the end of the, the chapter, sorry, I got to get my notes here again. Verse 35, it says, Then it happened that night the angel of the Lord was unleashed and smote the enemy. When we connect with God himself, when we pursue him, God unleashes the hosts of heaven on your behalf. I want to encourage you. I really believe, as I was reading early, the, 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 I, want to read, I want to read that passage. It says, we have a wisdom. We speak the wisdom of God by, by faith. We tap into the hidden wisdom of God. And it's, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified. I believe that in many of our lives, things have been unleashed by the enemy. But the enemy has not understood what, what it will create and cause in God's people. And if you will pursue God on that personal level at this time, when we maybe can't meet together, but you start focusing in and connecting with God himself, I think that the, the, the events in the coming days on a spiritual level in your personal life, it's something the enemy did not realize would happen. He thought he would demoralize us. He thought he would discourage us. But... If we will connect with our Heavenly Father, we will come out stronger. We will come out more powerful, more tuned in to the Holy Spirit. And we will start a, a, a reformation, a revolution that the enemy did not realize that he would trigger. Amen. I want to bless you this morning. I want to encourage you to dig in. One of the Psalms 
we put online this morning was from Numbers chapter 6. And I want to I speak this over your life. I'm going to read the passage. Um, the Lord spoke unto Moses. This is Numbers chapter 6, verse 22. The Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and his sons, the priests, the pastors, saying, On this wise you shall bless the children of Israel. And you will say unto them, The Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord make his face to shine upon you, and be gracious unto you. <clears throat> the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, and give you peace. And they shall put my name, this is what the Lord says to Moses, they shall put my name upon the children of Israel, and I will bless them. I want to close this morning. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless you. Have a great afternoon.